Hello and welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show. In this episode, we're going to talk about FC Dallas's six to nothing victory over Sporting Kansas City on Decision Day 2019. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Paxton Pomacall's new contract. The news just breaking today, as a matter of fact. And we're going to talk a little bit about North Texas SC's move to Globe Life Park. Just kind of unpack the the interview that we had in our previous episode when we interviewed uh, Matt Dinney. So, uh, yeah, buckle up, hang on. Here we go. Uh, joining you from my desk, overlooking my backyard, overlooking the street, overlooking Lake Louisville, I'm Dustin Nation. And coming down off of a FIFA 2020-induced rage fest, shrugging off a vegetative state from a busy day of job interviews, is Armand Kafai. How's it going, Armand? I mean, you kind of just hit the hammer on the head with those. I am coming off a vegetative state after doing a bunch of interviews, and I am, you know, calming down after a nice, rageful FIFA 20 session. And listeners, I know you you all have been there with FIFA 20, been there, done that. Uh, ultimate team you know you know exactly how it is somehow i've managed to steer clear of ultimate team so i i don't know your your pain but i do know so, so let me tell you this honestly uh i didn't buy a fifa 19 last year because i was scared of my rage <laughs> i legitimately like me and my buddy have talked about it multiple times uh, we've like we've we've never seen each other get so mad over something unless it's a fifa like i i get surprised how angry i get like I don't know what it is about this stupid game that just induces my rage, but I, I threw a controller against a wall. Like what? Like that—that's not what I like do. Like it's—it's—it's <laughs> it's, it's weird. I—I I don't get it. Uh, but you know, ultimate team choosing. I don't want EA Sports it. breaking down barriers, folks. Yeah, I'm breaking <laughs> down my wall. Poor wall. <laughs> All right, so. Uh- I got a bit of a change of pace this this week. Um, you and I did not sit next to each other during the game, so we really haven't had a whole lot of time to talk or to unpack the match together. So uh, we're going to do that right now. Uh, do a little this match. This week's match breakdown will be a little bit more freeform than the normal. We don't have a whole lot of like talking points per se about the match build about the match itself. Um, and the other thing to note is that uh, between now and the playoff match, which we get to play in, woo. Um, is a, there's a ton of time between now and then. So uh, we're going to hold off on any playoff talk right now, but we will be putting out a match buildup episode next week. So stay tuned for that. We'll go, we'll kind of go over uh, FC Dallas and Seattle and kind of see what that, what the whole playoff picture might even look like. So um, let's, let's kick it off with FC Dallas's six to nothing victory over sporting Kansas city. Armand, what did you make of that match? SKC gave up. They really gave up. That was, I've never seen an SKC team play that bad. Honestly, that's, I I respect Peter Vermees and I know he's a fantastic coach, but that team literally gave up. Like that was, I, I, I couldn't watch it. Like I was a little like embarrassed to like watch it from there because SKC just rolled over and just, they were terrible. It was honestly with you. I have not seen SKC play that terribly in my life as long as they're SKC. So I don't think I've missed a playoff since it became SKC. Uh, yeah. you know, after like that's they were terrible, and it sucks that my biggest takeaway is going to be that you know FC Dallas beat up on a terrible team, but they did. 
and they put six goals past them. So I'm a power to them. Uh, Cobra continued his scoring. I would love to. I would love. I don't know the style off the top of my head. How many goals he has against teams that aren't in the playoff picture? Oh, that'd be. I would like to say almost all of them uh, off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, going through it, uh, a lot of positives. I'd say Dallas really controlled the game. Brian Acosta was a key cog in the midfield again, as usual. He's getting mm-hmm. more comfortable in that six role. Uh, we we saw Hollingshead and uh, Reggie Cannon play well. I mean, there really really isn't anything to really take away from that match. Uh, Cervania. Uh, oh, he had a that, great match. Providing that symmetry in the midfield, uh, which might be a talking point later on. Who knows? And the addition of Santi Mosquera's breakout game. Uh, he's yeah, been, he's, he's been, got a goal. He's been terrible, to say the least. And he having a breakout game like that is uh, important for his confidence. And he might have you know potentially won the job uh, over Dominic Baji. But Dustin, again, it's hard for me to take these with a true meaningful meaning, if that makes any sense. I, I it was just horrible performance from SKC. I mean, what what else? Their season was done, and they allow themselves to get killed. Yeah, um, it's it's very surprising from them because I think I saw a graphic the other day that like a lot of the smart kids picked them winning the West. Um, I had them winning the Shield, <laughs> and and they finished eleventh uh, of twelve in the West. So. Um, my, I get my, I have it written down here. My main takeaway is the exact main takeaway you have is like, let's, it's good to enter the playoffs on a high note. Uh, but we got to tap the brakes just like we did, um, when we played Cincinnati and when we played Houston, um, we six, the scoreline, the scoreline can be deceiving to what actually happened and what, what the level of teams are. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about you know what we think FC Dallas's chances are moving through the playoffs on the match build-up show. But I I would caution people not to get too excited about a winning six to nothing against Sporting Kansas City. It was like I saw the lineup at first, and I was like Zusi on the bench, Amelia on the bench, Jalen. Oh no. This is not a strong team. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, I'm an idiot. Why did I pick Why did I pick them to like lose to SKC? How was I supposed to know they're going to put on this like garbage lineup? Like the lineup was literally garbage. And I mean, Vermees, you know, post game, yeah, we got ripped to shreds. That's honestly my takeaway from it. There's nothing. It's so hard for me to take away a key thing because of how bad SKC was. They were so bad. Honestly, they were really bad. It was like watching – it was like – even Cincinnati played better when they came into Dallas. Like, honestly, it's – Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to take away from it, but I guess from the Aston Dallas side, things you got into the playoffs. you coming off a high with six goals. Who cares how you got them? You got six goals. And you mm-hmm. move on. And I think a really big takeaway also is – how many minutes did Paxson Pomacall play? Zero. That's key. Very important. Not to rush him back. They need him for this game. Now he gets a solid two weeks of rest. 
you know, dealing with these injuries. He's, you know, he, he, uh, he's, he's missed nine games. Some of that due to U20, but a lot of it down the stretch, he hasn't started. He started 20 out of 34 games. You know, we talk about Paxton being this really key, impactful player. He's missed a lot of time. He's missed a lot of time. And I think people are, are I think, overlooking that a lot. Um, but I think that's key. He played zero minutes. Now you rest him up, and maybe we see him in a different role against uh, Seattle, well-rested, ready to go, and not injured. Yeah, and so, you know, he because Paxson got the rest and he was kind of injured, Cervania got to go in there. Um, I think you mentioned that he had a very well-rounded performance. So let me um, let me ask you this take yeah. take time. All right. Because I have a take on this and I think I'm gonna stand by it. I wanna see if you agree. Okay. The midfield trio should not change if Paxson's healthy uh or not at this moment of his at this moment right now. Change my view. One hundred percent. Okay, perfect. I'm glad we agree. No. No, we, we totally agree. Could be I mean when we t- talked about this quite a few times is like and and I think I hate to keep using the same word balance. Like the the balance just isn't there with with Paxton in the midfield with those other two players with Jesus and Acosta. So yeah, no, hundred percent. No, we love but we love to hear it. We love to hear it. The other one of the other, I guess, fun fun things is it was is Dinek and Dracic getting the brace. Gober came out played really well. I seem to remember a certain podcaster in a match buildup show that happened to pit uh, peg uh, Cobra as having maybe having a good game that game. You know what? Another certain you know podcaster mentioned Paxson Pomogov an important uh, key role in this game. He did on on the bench playing <laughs> zero minutes. So room for it all to be right, Armand. But hey, so honest question for you. Yeah, he got a call up to the. National team, yeah, he did. He's that's crazy. Really. That that's 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 crazy to me. And by the way, uh, I want to fact check my uh, own stat. This out of the seven goals that uh, Cobra has scored, one of them has has coming as a team in the playoffs currently. The goal against NYCFC. Uh, he had two mm-hmm. against Houston, one against Montreal, one against Cincinnati, and two against Sporting Kansas City. Uh, yeah, that that does that is an, a data point. I, I would like to see how many games he's actually played against playoff teams. Because remember, he didn't start playing until he played in the Montreal. Game. So he so he played he he played uh, in Philadelphia uh, at uh, in against Red Bull at LAFC LAFC. Those are substitute appearances. RSL substitute appearance. Minnesota substitute appearance. So I mean, you see, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, he hasn't, he hasn't played as many. Uh, you know, actually started. You know, ninety minutes in, ninety minutes out. But look, look I, I'm, I'm a Cobra lover. I'm not a Cobra hater. I, 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 he is, he is my boy. But I think let's tone it down. Let's tone it down with with a Cobra love. Even though I love Cobra. Yeah, I, I think for me it's just fun because he's a good character. He's. He's fun. He's, he's a fun, fun guy, a great guy. And you, and you and want to root for that. And just kind of, yeah, I mean, so like my hype, whenever I'm hyping him, like I just, you, it's mostly because I just want to root for the guy, right? It's not that I think he's, I don't know, 
Thomas Muller. <laughs> oh or, God. Or some some other very high profile, like very good player. Like I I think that uh he he provides something this team doesn't have and he's a very easy guy to root for. And he's a and he's a locker room guy. Big locker room guy who can help you you know, cultivate locker room, be strong. Cool. Anything else you wanna mention about the sporting Kansas City match? No, I feel like every game we've watched with FC Dallas, if you've gotten killed against a team or to kill a team that's not good. Sorry, I was yeah. really that sounded was really aggressive. I was really mad. Uh but like Are you playing honestly, in the background? I wish you could see a TV behind me. Uh no, but like seriously, like okay, they'll they're I think the best results I mean, are like the one one draw against New York City and the zero zero draw at Seattle. Like those are the results I can take the most stock from. But these it's like Yeah. Can't Chief. It's it's really weird. It's like very rarely does do both teams show up to play when FC Dallas is playing. It's here one or the other. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we, you alluded to it a while ago uh, with when talking about Paxton Pomichol. Some news broke today on The Athletic. Sam Seskol, I can't pronounce his last school. name. Seskol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, has, has broken some news. Armand, why don't you talk to us a little bit about Paxton Pomichol's new contract? Yeah. So uh, he signed a contract that will keep him under club control until 2024. Uh, so a pretty long time, and the the it looks like the deal will pay him an average salary of six hundred fifty thousand dollars through the twenty twenty three season, and then Dallas will have an option to extend his contract through twenty twenty four. Now this new contract extension has sparked debate amongst Dallas fans, U.S. men's national team fans, fans. Uh, <laughs> but Dustin, breaking it down. Yeah. This is a deal I think had to that had to be done at some point. But question time. Yeah. He apparently he had maybe two years left on his contract. So like two option years. Mm-hmm. Sure, this gives him a little bit more, you know, flexibility to sell him. But do you really need to uh, uh, extend the guy to a six hundred fifty thousand dollar deal? If you don't have any, if you don't have any intention of keeping him for the future, because I think personally, now this is this is me spitballing. I don't have any knowledge about this. I have to, I have to always clarify this, but I think Dan Hunt wants to keep Paxton longer than like six months, like some people are alluding. I think he wants to keep him for another two years. I, I think you're right. You don't you don't throw that kind of cash around if you have it in attention of just turning around and selling him later. Like you, you, I mean, if you've, if you've got two years on the option on the, the current contract, which was under a hundred K a year, hundred around 105, around 105. One, yeah. The, you don't throw 650 K at a player just to keep them around for six months. So like, like no. I don't know if we've heard about it or anything, but is Reggie can's contract coming up. Uh, it, like, like it should a, be. We it don't should know. be. Uh, it it should be. Um, you know, what about other guys? What about Jesus Ferreira? What are you trying to lock all these guys up? You know, the one guy we haven't heard being in talks, Dustin. It's Reggie Cannon. Yeah. I'm I'm really intrigued to. See, he's the one that I think is most likely to go off to Europe. 
personally. He's older. Remember, he's 21. It's not the 19, 18-year-old. And he has ambition, and I think he has confidence writing off these U.S. men's national team call-ups. He's almost entering work permit status. Is he not? At some point, like not like not like maybe relatively close, but like he's getting closer with all these national team call-ups and, all, and starting all these games. Yeah, so the interesting thing about Reggie Cannon is that you know, he he has had confirmed outside interest. Um was it Mexico or Liga some MX, yeah. Liga MX? Yeah. Um and so you'd think that you'd want if you're gonna, you know, tie someone down in order to get a payday from them, that that would be the, the guy you'd want to do it. He's the only I mean, I think I've seen anywhere between the one and two year marks left on his contract as well. So Again, I'm gonna put my Dan Hunt cap on. Do they think he's the most expendable homegrown? In terms of rep- uh, can they can they replace? Do you think they can replace him uh, very easily? That they can't replace a guy like a Paxton or a Jesus? Because um, I think personally, it depends, it depends Reggie, on how high they are on uh, Brian Reynolds. Reggie Cannon, out of those homegrowns. I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna word this completely wrong. So if whoever's listening, just do not take us the wrong way. Is the best out of those because he's played two years. Like this guy has played consistently for two years. Is getting national team cops. Is starting for the national team. I feel like we all forget this and like it's lost. Like it's normal to us. Reggie Cannon has had two phenomenal, well, man, phenomenal, but one really good year and one again consistently good year has been mm-hmm. getting national team call-ups. I think it's the most important one there. He should be the first one tied down, not Pax. And I, I I feel like I have somebody with expendability. I feel like there's a little bit to do there. Or he's maybe maybe he's being offered and he's rejecting it. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's not the case. Like, I'm wondering if he's and his agent are sitting down. You know, this is completely conjecture. So, um, like, take this with a grain of salt. But, like, I'm wondering if if Reggie and his agent are sitting down looking at those national team call-ups, looking at those previous interests from League MX. And, and Anderlecht, saying, Anderlecht was reported as well. Yeah. And and saying, why, why, why would I tie myself down to a contract if, like, if I can't be sure that I'm going to get that move that I want? Exactly. And we've, and we've seen it with, you know, guys like Brian Ko. And uh, I think his last name is Perez, for, for, who signed with Orange County in the USL. Some of these younger homegrown, uh, you know, younger players and homegrown in the academies are not accepting homegrown offers because of how restrictive some of the, uh, you know, all the option this, option that, option this. They're not accepting them. I, I wonder if you're right. I, want, I honestly wonder if you're right, Dustin. And like I said, uh, I mean, this is not a shot at, you know, uh, you know Jesus or Pax. Pax has struggled to be healthy his last few weeks uh jesus is kind of stuck in this weird spot where he hasn't been playing as best best position i think personally he's had to adapt but a guy like reggie cannon you know what you're gonna get week in and week out you know it yep. he's starting with for greg he's starting well i think we all forget this he's the most important and he hasn't been he's not going to tie down he has to be one to either FC Dallas is saying he's expendable or he's rejecting it i don't know which one it is but I'm pondering each. And this this Pome call, I think I remember, they want to lock up him and Ferreira. I know it's a big thing. Him and Ferreira yeah. want, want to be locked up. So I, so let me mm-hmm. let me ask you this, Armand. Let's let's pull this back to Paxton Pomacol's contract. 
Um, I have a take on this, but I want to get your, your thoughts. Do you think that Paxton Pomacol is worth $650,000 a year? You, know you want me what? to go first? You know what? No, let me go. First. I'm going to take this. I think okay. he is. I think he is. Really? But he needs to oh – man, now now I'm definitely going to say what you're going to say and like, you know, but he hasn't shown it this year. I feel like personally he is, but he hasn't shown it this year because of nagging injuries, uh, but he is worth it. But I think another thing is, Dustin, it's a leveraging tactic. Because let's talk about it. I don't know if Dallas did this intentionally, but he's the face of the franchise. Paxton Pomacol is the face of FC Dallas. Whether you like it or not, he's the face of FC Dallas. And, you know, maybe if Dan Hunt is desperate to sign this golden gem coming out from the academy, then they'll sign him to a, a really nice fat deal. And look, like I said, I don't think it's something that they want to, you know, let go of him after six months or after the Olympics or anything. I think they want to keep him for a, a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking through here at the list of on the MLSPA side of, of players that whose guaranteed compensations around $650,000 a year. We got Kellen Acosta, Darlington Nagby, Christian Ramirez, um, Albert Ellis, uh, well, look at that guy, Kelma Costa. He got that this year, I remember. Um, mm-hmm. That's after you no know, national team and stuff again. And, and Colorado was desperate to tie him in. Okay, well, so so I'll go ahead and. and oh, here and we you, go. You, you hit on what I'm going to hit on. Like, is is he worth that six hundred fifty thousand dollars a year? Kellen Costa is a known entity. You know what you're going to get with Kellen Costa because he's played for how many years now? How many years at FC Dallas? Six, seven. He's on his second year at Colorado, or I guess it's yeah, around then. So he's played. He's proved himself. I'm afraid that with – I mean, we all know the potential that Paxton Pomacall brings to the table. We all, we've all we all seen that ceiling, and or, or, or we've seen how high that ceiling can go, right? Like we, we know that he could – be a very, very, very good player. And we've seen we've seen it on the field at times, but not often. And how many you how many you said he's already he's missed nine games this year. Nine games. And some of that was due to U twenty, other others of it due to injury. And some of the games, like the Chicago game where he came in the, the match and he he was in that one, right? He started that and the whole team fell apart. So I'm wondering if is it worth like for me the hunts are paying six hundred fifty thousand dollars a year for potential, and I don't know is it is he worth it? Is six hundred fifty thousand dollars uh, potential uh, better than eight hundred thousand dollars in Edwin Giassi? Yes, yes. So I I personally think he is. I I think he will be. But I yeah, exactly. I think that's the right terminology. He will be, but I just look, I just think it's a risk. Look, I have uh, when you look at when you look at youth development when you're de- when you're developing club, you want to develop players. Teach me here, Ar- Armand. Teach me. 
uh, the one thing is, I forgot who said this quote, but to, in order to nurture its development, to keep it going, you have to let some go. You have to let some go. So, look, who's, who is directly, is, is growth is being stunted right now by uh, Paxton resigning uh, and potentially staying here for the foreseeable future? Who Thomas Roberts. Think? Thomas Roberts. There you go. Thomas Roberts, who's being groomed to be Paxton's protege, to be more of an eight, who's been working defensively with North Texas SC. It's it's him. It's not Sarvania because Sarvania has found his role. It's not uh, it's not uh, Edwin Surreal because Edwin Surreal is still trying to find himself as well. It's Pac. It's uh, excuse me. It's Thomas. Uh, it, it's one of those things where you have like, at some point you have to move on. And I'm worried that you slowly start to clog up the you know clog up the, the pipeline with oh you're keeping this guy a little bit longer. Well, Arturo Rodriguez. We should expect him to get a homegrown contract. We should. Where is he going to slide? Is he more of an attacking, uh, more of a, uh, is he more of a wing or an attacking mid? Attacking uh, mid? I think I've, I think I've seen him play both. But I don't know what his prime, his best position is. So forgive me if I get this wrong, listeners. Yeah, uh, off the top of my head, <laughs> uh, my NTX brain's a little rusty. But no, honestly, like you're going to stunt the growth when when you screw up this, that pipeline. So a big concern, I guess. For me, is are they really going to hold on to Paxson for a really long time? Because then you're really stunning the growth of other players in the youth. Now, if Paxson doesn't want to leave, that's okay. That's fine. But if it's more of a hunt refusing to sell, then it gets a little messy. Then you're slowing down your development. You got to sell some to, to, to produce some. You can't have all these homegrown XI without getting, uh, I won't say getting rid of players, but you know, not moving on players to and developing and moving to greater grounds. That's how you make room in your starting eleven. Yep. yep. Uh, just just fact checked ourselves. Uh, Arturo Rodriguez plays on the left wing a lot. All right. Um, yeah. So let us know what you think. Hit us up. I want to hear online. your takes. I want to hear your takes. Uh, so, listeners, question of a day. I'm still this from my Uncle Sam's soccer podcast where we do it. Is Paxton Pomacol currently worth six hundred fifty thousand? Uh, reply uh, or tag us in your tweets, responding why or why not. And that would be as at Dallas Soccer Show at Dallas Soccer Show. All right. So you mentioned Thomas Roberts getting some time at North Texas SC, um, and since the last time you and I have recorded together, some news has broken about North Texas SC getting to move to Globe Life Park in Arlington. And we talked to Matt Denny, who's the GM of North Texas SC last week. I got a chance who's to Who's we? Him. It's you. It's not, I mean, we're, we're a show. We're a team. It's you. It's like Dallas Soccer Show has – Matt Denny talks to Dallas Soccer Show. That's what it's, you, it's you guys cool. do it, right? No, it's all Dustin. It was all Dustin. Dustin's idea, okay. Dustin's uh, execution. Let's give, let's give Dustin some credit. Oh, thanks, Armand. I appreciate it. It's it's good to feel loved. <laughs> anyway, so so all right. Well, I talked to to Matt Denny at halftime of the SC Dallas match. So I missed like two goals. I'm sitting. We're sitting in the um in the the the, the suite lounge, and we're 
I was interviewing him and I'm looking over his shoulder and there's a TV and we're scoring two. There's like this FC Dallas scored two goals while I'm tra- doing the interviews. Super distracting. It's like Lucci trying to give a press conference with Slatani, maybe Bruhimovic scoring goals. So after that interview, Armand, you got a chance to listen to it. What do you make of that whole that whole move, the rationale there, the, the just kind of the thinking and the 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 ideas behind what they're trying to do with North Texas Soccer Club? So first off, listeners, if you haven't listened to the uh, episode with Matt Denny, it's only 10 minutes long, a must listen. Seriously, uh, there might not be the insight that you crave, but there's a lot of insight in there that I think we can unpack uh, and we're up to it right now. So yeah. if you haven't, pause the episode right now and go listen to it right now and then come back. But we'll, Yeah, come back. Come back. If you don't come back, yeah. then we're fighting. Yeah. Uh, you can catch me at the next FC Dallas game in 20. We'll have beef. No, so to unpack a lot of it, I really am hopeful because Denny came out and said, I want to build our own entity, right? He said that, I want to build our own entity. That makes me hopeful that you're seeing a relationship that's what it's going to be like, you know, when Inter-Miami opens their stadium in Miami, hopefully, uh, you know, the Fort, the Fort, the, the USL team will be playing in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, the Tacoma uh, team in Seattle, or this, damn, wow, the Seattle USL team will be, plays in Tacoma. They establish their USL uh, uh, teams, but they still have their own independent identity. And that's huge for branding. That's huge. And I like that because, look, you have a lot on your plate to worry about the first team. Let Denny take the take the wheel with NTXSC and let him make it his own entity. And I think that's such a big part of their move. They want I mean, Denny, Denny talked about it. They want to, you know, attract those customers that can't come to FC Dallas games that, you know, maybe want to be loyal to North North Texas. I don't know how it's gonna work out. I don't know how many people are gonna watch League One soccer, but Overall, the move is, I wouldn't say amazing because they're playing in a big old baseball park, 50,000. Like, sure, they can accommodate to make it look nice, but it's encouraging. Encouraging, I think, is the right word because it now gives North Texas Soccer Club an independent home from FC Dallas. The question is how many people are going to show up from Arlington and hopefully then their market research and they've found a target audience that they can go after. Yeah. And, you know, it's if you have complained about having to drive far to go to the FC Dallas games, I guess, you know, now's the time to put your uh, money where your mouth is, I guess, or whatever the saying is, you know, like, here's your chance to go see FC Dallas prospects and FC Dallas young, young, talented players in your own backyard in a more centrally located place. So, yeah, um, all the things you said. I, I concur. I was I was encouraged by by a lot of the answers that he gave, um, and it'll be interesting. You know, he didn't he wasn't able to give a lot of the logistics because um, they are not his to give, and so I mean I can respect that. So it will be interesting to see what those logistics are. Like, what is the stadium going to look like? What's going to be the um, turf type? All that all that business. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. I have a conspiracy theory. Okay, I'm all about that. Let's go. Um, so let me let me let me give some background on my conspiracy theory. The Chicago Fire have moved to Soldier Field. That's done. Mm-hmm. Columbus Crew are moving from Map Free to where a new stadium in 2021. 
the Philadelphia Union have explored moving, right? Mm -hmm. I know FC Dallas will not move anytime soon. No, they got that place on lockdown. I feel like this is still some sort of trial run. I don't care what Denny says. I don't care what anyone says. I feel like it's some sort of trial run. I do. I like. Look, let's not be naive here. Dallas is turning into a is turning into a little bit of a problem in MLS. They're not getting fans. It's kind of a problem. Look up. Look, you guys can normalize the fifteen thousand and that atmosphere, which is not a shot the beer guardians or anything like that, but. Man, you go to other stadiums and the atmosphere is so different. It's it, it, like you kind of love MLS and soccer. You, we kind of get brainwashed by going to FC Dallas all the time. I think it's a little bit of a trial. Yeah, uh, I, a little bit of a trial. They don't have to say it. They don't have to do it. Like whatever. But what I think the, it's a little bit of a trial. Emperor Palpatine say to to Anakin Skywalker, "We shall be watching your career with great interest," or whatever. Right? Like if if it's not a planned trial run, they're going to be paying attention. It's still gonna, it's still, regardless, it's still going to be a trial run. You'd be stupid yeah. not to have it be a trial run. Yeah, because what, sure. what if they do, let's say, let's say they said a knockdown globe life or something like that. And they put their own stock in 2026 or something like that. That's not out of the realm of things. Their, their, their lease will be coming uh, into an end in 11 years at that point. So you're going to change your name to North Texas Giant SC. Yes. Because it play underneath the Texas Giant. Ooh. And right across from Cal- – I'm, ex- I'm interested to see how the numbers could turn out. It's a three-year study. Think about it that way. Yeah. Maybe Dallas plays a friendly there. We don't know. All right. So speaking of North Texas SC and teams that are not FC Dallas, we are going to start – and trial runs we're going to start taking a little bit of a trial run ourselves here at the dallas soccer show we know that there is a ton of soccer here in the dfw metroplex and we don't feel like it gets enough coverage so we're going to try to provide a little bit of that for you so this week we will also in addition to our match build up uh, before the next fc dallas match we will have what we're going to call the lower level roundup show where um we just kind of take a look at what's going on in non-FC Dallas, non-MLS teams uh, throughout the DFW area. This week, we will have the national director of the UPSL on, Matt Colla Jr. So stay tuned for that in your podcast apps. Hit subscribe so you don't miss it. And uh, check us out online as at Dallas Soccer Show on Twitter. You can catch us at our website, dallassoccershow.com. Armand. Thanks for the hot sports opinions today, and we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening.